1: I'm ready to go. I don't
0: know if just saying I'm ready to go is a good cold open. I don't feel like it's really a grabber.
2: No, it's not a grabber. But, Paula, uh, here's the thing. We've been doing a lot of grabbers lately, and and you've caused yourself grievous bodily harm. Oh, my gosh. And I'll be honest with you.
0: You know, a lot of what I do for our podcast, um, I mean, I love the listeners that we have. But, of course, we're always on that treadmill, so to speak, of of trying to get more— listeners, because it's part of how you make it um, viable. I mean, so far we're making, like, what, a penny an hour? And then we pay a lot of that to Tony. And yeah. so... Uh,
2: <laughs> Here's the thing. I want to I remind you that it was a few months ago, uh, before you started committing grievous bodily harm every week, that Bonnie Byrne suggested that we just, like, as a grabber, just offer a peek behind the curtain. I believe those were her words. Peek behind the curtain of our podcast. Well,
0: I gotta say, as often happens with Bonnie Burns, she'll make a declarative statement about what we're supposed to be doing, and then she'll totally reverse herself later and never say that she... So at one point, it was, oh, the cold open is a peek behind the curtain, she would say. And then she would say, no, 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 we need, like, a grabber. And I I don't (laughs) see the... The the two don't really go together. A, we have no fucking curtain.
3: That's one thing. (laughs) Yeah. Bonnie Burns, do you want to chime in here? What is the cold open supposed to be again? Okay, here's the thing. I was trying to give the show a natural feel. So I thought instead a of natural starting feel? With a f- <laughs> That's why I'm totally naked right now. <laughs> so um, instead of like- Hemp. <laughs> More hemp. More it's hemp. More natural. <laughs> so yeah. instead of like this formal opening, you know,
2: uh-huh. it uh-huh.
3: happened that before when we- Before we started recording, we would kind of sit around and talk and blah, blah, blah. And I thought that was a great, natural way to start the show. I don't know that we (laughs) needed a grabber to the extent, I thought Paula's grabbers were great, but I don't, that wasn't, it doesn't have to be that. I was just trying to (laughs) show something before we do the formal start. That's what I call a peek behind the curtain, it's the informality. I sheared my leg off
0: easily five times and sewed it back on. And now you're like, oh, that's not what I meant. You know?
2: Yeah, Paula, instead of of like shearing your leg off, maybe if you had just chatted informally, you could have had the same effect. Oh, to give a
0: peek behind the curtain. So you're thinking that it's a very formal show outside of this beginning part? No. Is that what you were thinking? Can can I walk in front of the curtain now
2: and start the show?
0: Yeah, there you see.
2: all right. Yeah. All right. So you guys yeah. stay back there. I'm going to walk in front. <laughs> oh,
0: is I, I just it is so fascinating how we do this.
2: Yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves seeing how the sausage is made. That's for sure. Yeah. But it uh, look, is quiet down. Quiet back there behind the curtain. Paula, you're, it's behind, fascinating. The I'm, Paula, I'm fascinated. you're behind the curtain. Paula, you're behind the curtain. You're behind the curtain. I'm vis- fascinated. business, vis- 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 <laughs> Okay. Here we go. I'm walking out in front of the curtain. There's a spotlight. Good evening, everybody. This is so formal. It's so yes. formal. You can't say that. <laughs> I'm alone in a spotlight, okay? You're okay. behind the curtain. We're not yeah. peeking anymore. Here we go. No. You guys Coming can you just lie. go fuck what, what yourselves.
1: The f- <laughs> <laughs> what? That's classic. I think did, she just just said, us, did she just we tell can us to go f- fuck ourselves?
3: ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. 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 I had this idea, but I was afraid to bring it up in one of our production meetings because I thought you guys would go. That makes no sense. But So you're going to bring it up saying, on the show. Go, ahead. go saying, ahead. How funny would this be? We start with a cold open, you know, and it's yeah. 15 minutes of frivolity, whatever. Then we go to Adam going, coming to you live, blah, 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 blah. And when he's done, we just go to break. So that segment like that's non-traditional. Yeah. And then we'd yeah. come back to segment two, and you'd introduce Paula Poundstone. If you can find so much as one <laughs> listener who gives a
0: shit, when the opening, what segment two? What segment three? I will eat a cat. I do okay, like oh your no. I, I like your natural idea, which is why I never use any kind of medication when I sew up my leg. Um so let me just can you see on the zoom camera um the infection that's going up my thigh you know, here We seem
2: to have opened the curtain again can we close this <laughs> on your gangrenous leg for a minute and Please let me start do. the show
3: Why don't we here have we a poll Julie can put up a poll about whether we should have either <laughs> a on, peek everyone. behind the curtain okay, okay, or just is it a peek behind the curtain? Isn't Bonnie. it a peek behind the curtain? <laughs> Adam would like to have a
0: poll and shove it up
2: <laughs> <laughs> my ass. My ass. Both of yours, <laughs> if it's possible. I, um, I didn't want to <laughs> say
0: so, but yeah.
2: Here we go. I promise, yeah. Bonnie, you're going to love the way this goes. I'm going to do an intro. You guys are going to get behind the curtain this is gonna be really okay. fun. Here we yeah. go. Ready? I'm
0: behind the curtain. I'm behind okay. the curtain. Oh my god, it's glamorous.
3: No, back the curtain here. <laughs> is the production of the show. <laughs> we so know that keep behind the curtain. I'm just asking produces. you to shut up. <laughs> produce. <laughs> can
0: I? Can I? Can I just no. take a minute? Can I no, just take a you minute? Can't. <laughs> No, stop talking. This is like our first show after the new year, and I would like to just take a minute to talk about some of my fears. No,
4: (laughs) Um, this has
2: been ten minutes of bullshit. It's time to start the show. (laughs) Quiet down,
0: please. This is really a peek behind the curtain. This is fantastic. Yeah, wide open. It's not a peek anymore. Can I
2: close the curtains, please? (laughs) To you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California. It's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, mustard. What is it? Some say it's a seed. Others say mustard is a kernel. You know, the one that may have done it in the kitchen with a knife. Frankly, I don't have a clue. But we have Barry <laughs> Levinson, the founder and curator of Wisconsin's Mustard Museum, here to sort it all out for us. And then, we have a show, and you have... Notes. Okay, we're listening. It's time for mailbag listener notes edition. I'm Adam Felber and we'll be back right after this. See it works. And we're back. This is nobody listens to Paula Adam, Adam, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam,
0: What? 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 Adam. Yeah. Say the part about mailbag
2: again. <laughs> And then, we have a show, and you have notes. Okay, we're listening. It's time for Mailbag, Listener Notes Edition. I'm Adam Felber, and we'll be back right after this.
3: I'm telling you, works.
2: And we're back. This is Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Bonnie Burns is the one responsible for this, by the way, everybody. Oh, my God. It's genius. I'm uh, I'm this podcast's trusty bottle of ketchup, taking even the wildest conversational tidbits and coating them in the familiar flavor of conversational relevance. And now, please welcome the woman whose eclectic rhetorical flavor profile seems suspiciously similar to the orange powder found on Nacho Cheese Doritos. It's Paula Poundstone. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Hey. hey you guys! Oh. Welcome, Boy. Paula.
0: I I do I seem like a fresh voice because you haven't heard me yet during the show. <laughs> it's uh,
2: weird for you to be appearing after our first commercial break, but here we are. Oh my gosh, it's so going to confuse the listeners who are just used to the, a
0: certain tempo and pace of breaks and uh, segments and themes. Uh, hey, by the way, I want to welcome tonight's house band Donnie Scally on the upright bass, Doctor. Donnie Scaly is a bassist and ethnomusicologist who studies music in urban social life and sound in combat sports. Thanks for joining us, Donnie.
2: Yes.
1: Donnie. Woo. Punchy. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, hey, that's... Paula
2: Poundstone, what's new with you? Adam. Yes.
0: Do we have a, a minute, just you and me, for a second? Yes. I find myself with a difficult decision to make. Um, Okay. As you know, Tuesday Mm -hmm. mornings are sleep in the car with the dogs mornings. Um, I did not know that. On Tuesday mornings, a housekeeper comes and my dogs are just a pain in the neck. And so I want to get them out of the house. And so I I take them and we sleep in my car on Tuesday mornings. It's, yeah, uh, it's a common practice.
2: Um, No, it's not. But
0: So a a few nights ago, my daughter and some friends and I went to dinner at Sage, which is a really delicious vegan restaurant. It was a wonderful evening. We had lots of food. So my daughter took some of her food in a container to go. We left there and went somewhere else with our friends, had a great time. And then I drove my daughter to her place. And then I went home. This morning, I got my chores done as quickly as I could so I could go back to sleep in the car. I loaded the dogs in, drove a block away, put the cedar heater on, and slept off and on for another two hours. Then I drove back to my house, opened the car door to let the dogs out, but my dog, Mo, wouldn't get out because she was licking something on the seat. Oh. When I realized what had happened, I yelled, son of a bitch, really loud. There was an aging vegetable pasta dish all over the back seat of my car. I got some cloths to clean the car, and when I'd wiped it all up, I went to remove a towel that we leave on the back seat to protect the battery from dog hair, and another entire serving sloughed off the towel onto the seat. In the seatbelt buckle, into the stitching on the seat. Again, I cleaned it up as best as I could, I put the remainder of the food in the mulch pile, I went into the house, and the dogs wanted to go in the backyard. And as my dog Sirius went past me, I noticed his fur was all fucked up. And it turned out, as I looked closer, he had a vegan vegetable pasta dish all over him. So, to my dog's credit, I don't think either one actually tried to eat the food until they were getting out of the car. I think what happened is Sirius was laying on top of the box, and it smooshed out all over him. Yeah. A- and then when Mo saw that on her way out, she wouldn't get out. So now to the restaurant, Sage's credit, um, their portions are large. Uh, so
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the smell of an aging vegan vegetable pasta dish is probably— inextricably in my car. It's all over my house. It's still on my hands. It's in my sweater. And again, it leaves me with a difficult decision, which is this. Yes. Can I still love my daughter? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, probably not. <laughs> I, I I don't think so either. Yeah, I may as well just cut her out of my life now.
4: I, I uh, will do it now. And, just, to just Yeah, and yeah.
0: Save, the, you know,
2: save the bitter recriminations. And with that, let's open up the windows and and welcomes our wacky neighbors which we like to do every week um let's start over uh with tony anita hull in sherman oaks tony how are you on this wintry day
1: good i just got back from down under so i can't complain
2: how was down under
1: it was amazing the people of australia new zealand are lovely lovely people um great food great wine um just lovely we sent
0: Tony Anita Hall to Australia. And where else, Tony? Um, New Zealand.
2: We sent her?
0: We The show financed her <laughs> trip. Uh, I don't think we did. Yeah, trying to develop more listeners in different countries.
2: How'd that uh, go, Tony? Uh, you yeah, know, Tony.
1: I was wearing the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone sweatshirt, and someone commented that they loved the quote on the back and that they always say that to their orthodontist.
0: Don't go to an orthodontist whose kid's about to go to college, I think. Or is putting yeah. on a deck.
2: Put
1: on a deck. <laughs> putting on a deck. Yeah.
2: Or,
0: yeah.
1: I yeah. don't know if they were a listener, but they did comment on.
2: You didn't follow <laughs> up and say this is about a podcast? We Tony- sent you halfway around the fucking world. Somebody <laughs> Honestly, asked about your podcast. Yeah. Nobody listened to ball about on that would Twitter, have been a, Yeah. And you didn't mention it was a podcast? Yeah.
3: God I'm damn an, it, Tony. I'm an
2: introvert. <laughs> okay, now you're telling us you're an
0: introvert. Well, then yeah. maybe the time to say that was before we sent you to Australia and New Zealand. Before you bought those tickets. to try to increase our listenership. As maybe an you're not the right goodwill. Yeah, maybe you're not the right maybe. person to make the trip.
4: Um, so
1: what did you do while you were there? I saw a Tasmanian devil, very cute little creatures. Aww. oh wow. um I saw glowworm cave um which was beautiful. I went to Wahiki, which is the island of wine, took an awful wine tour. Wavino wine tours don't do it. I would like to use this platform to publicly (laughs) say that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The tour guide mass shamed my brother and I. Like he gave us a hard time for wearing a mask.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. You know what? I'm interested in what you just said. You said you'd like to use this platform <laughs> to discourage people from going to what wine place? Wyavino Wine Tours on Washington. Wyavino Wine Tours. And yet you didn't use the platform when the person uh, <laughs> mentioned your Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone sweatshirt. You didn't take a of that moment to say, oh— it's a podcast that I work <laughs> on, and we'd love yeah. to have you as a listener. I froze so that- up.
1: I froze up. I couldn't think of anything to say.
2: Well, good to yeah. you know for the next yeah. time we're sending you around the world to yeah. help us yeah. out. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> S- suddenly, for those who are already practicing call- calling Tony Anita Hall Ambassador <laughs> Tony Anita Hall. I yeah. think you can Do you
1: yeah. know take- I what? secretly dreamed of someone recognizing my sweatshirt? and asking if i was on the podcast or if i was tony anita hall and <laughs>
0: well no, you know tony you didn't <laughs> tell them either so that's good <laughs>
1: You can make that dream come
0: true by doing your fucking ambassador job and helping us expand our reach. I can't believe. You're a nice
2: woman, but a bad ambassador, Tony. Yeah.
0: Bad ambassador. I I think bad is... I feel really uh, guilty now. (laughs) (laughs) What? Because you you took advantage of our our trip money and just went to a fucking (laughs) wine tasting?
2: That you didn't even enjoy. And then you came home. But you did travel halfway around the world, saw Another continent, saw amazing, incredible animals. Bonnie Burns, what have you been up to? (laughs) Bonnie Burns? What? (laughs) Oh, I thought he was
0: still talking to Tony. (laughs) Well, you know how you can tell for sure? It's by listening. Yeah, no, I was making a note while we were Bonnie's not going to be the ambassador either. Jesus.
3: No, because usually he goes, okay, you know, let's go over to the Simi Valley and check in with Bonnie Burns. And this time you went, Bonnie Burns?
2: No, (laughs) that's not what he said. I wanted to draw a quick parallel between Tony's amazing adventure in Australia and New Zealand, seeing exotic animals and seeing the world, and what you've been up to. What's new, Bonnie? I don't always get your jokes.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Well, you know, they're easier to get when you listen.
3: (laughs) Um, So here's what's happened with us. We've been living in this house for seven years. My daughter was in seventh grade when we moved in here. And, you know, over that time period, these different chunks of your life like there's when she had the school work and I saved everything and there was a stuffed animals whatever so much stuff has gotten in this house that I finally got to I just can't stand this anymore so I hired a declutter person and she came today it was so rejuvenating exciting she had some of the greatest ideas that I would have never thought of ever. First step is we're going to get rid of all the clutter. Then we're going to do some stuff to kind of refurbish the house and all that. Sure. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to get more organized. Like I was showing to my desk and I'm like, you know, here's the thing, like I put this stuff here because I think I'll see it and then that'll be immediate attention. And then like, you know, this is there. So I'll remember to do such and such. And pretty soon there's so much stuff over the desk that I don't even see the stuff that's important. We had someone from a company called Clutter Healing back when we were at Ray Horseman Studios. Remember when Tony had the craft and we needed the push pin? And before we taped, I was like, I know we have pushpins here. I could not find them anywhere. And then today, when I was showing that woman around and going, "Okay, well, we have this here," I pull out a drawer, and there literally
2: is like a large (laughs) plastic bag of pushpins. I'm like, Ivy, they're here. So give you three years, and you can find anything. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is um, (laughs) so you know these organizing people, and it's I've done it a couple times. It's a great thing to do. It's very helpful. Um, but they're not cheap. Um, no. And so you've paid probably uh, already a
2: couple of thousand dollars to recover pushpins. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ch- Paula, just to lay our podcast finances bare, everything we've earned in the last year has gone to send Tony to Australia and New Zealand to not promote <laughs> us and Bonnie to find her pushpins.
0: Yeah, I think as a company, we've saved a lot of money on not having to buy new pushpins, so that is yeah. fantastic.
1: I wore the sweatshirt, though. I wore it. That's good.
0: That's yeah. really great, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a step right. really in the helps our show. Right, that's great.
2: direction. Um, Absolutely, good step. F- few more trips, and you might even mention us.
0: Right. Yeah. Maybe you know when you go to Italy in a couple of months for for the show, that might be a good time to wear the shirt and then and then take it that extra. Extra step. And look, and somebody will look
2: at it and go like, hey, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. I wonder what that is. That <laughs> makes me very curious. And Tony will be like, yeah. So what we're going to do, Tony, in the next
0: couple of months before you go to Italy... <laughs> Is role play uh, some of the conversations that you might have with people in that. different countries? Yeah, that's Let's a good do that, idea. Tony.
2: Right now, right now. Hey, uh, that's a nice a sweatshirt you got in there. That's a, that's a some kind of sharp sweatshirt with a very funny funny thing on the back. <laughs> but I don't understand what the sweatshirt is about. And then Tony, you say <laughs>
1: it's well, it's a podcast. I can't do this. I. I <laughs> okay. <to> goodbye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you. I guess it will be a mystery for me forever. Google <laughs> it. <laughs> um.
4: Yeah.
0: So, so, so Bonnie, you might want to write down on a piece of paper where those pushpins are, because we're never going to be able to afford to get you new ones.
2: That's right. Hey, hey, Paula, as long as we're here, um, you know, we stopped doing that vocabulary song, because you're quizzing us, and we're playing Hangman. And I'm very excited to get my next body part. So can we segue to that? Uh, I think we
0: can. I just have to find the, uh, oh, come on. I had it. Here it is. Ha, ha. <clears throat> Listeners, if you go over to our Facebook page, you'll find a beautiful artist rendering of a part of Adam, a part of Tony Anita Hull, and a part of Captain Crinkle Bonnie Barnes. I'm going to ask each of them the meaning of a former nobody listens to paula poundstone vocabulary word, and for each correct answer, they will receive an additional body part until they have earned for themselves an invaluable portrait, uh... I'm going to, I, I. and the, re, I, we can't remember the vocabulary words that we've been doing for years, so I'm hoping that this helps us. Jog, jogs our memory, yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to start by asking Tony Anita Hull. The meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Pounce vocabulary word. And to make it fair, I'm asking Bonnie and Adam Felber to take your headphones off until I signal you back on Zoom. Bonnie, I'll signal you with one finger, and Adam, I will signal you with two fingers. All right? Okay. So bon- Bonnie okay. and, uh, Bonnie and uh, Adam are going away. It's just me and Ambassador <laughs> Tony Anita Hall. Uh, Tony, what is the meaning of the word? Obdurate.
1: Oh, my God. The word has changed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's yeah. not scanty. Um, <laughs> no, no, Tony, that was exiguous. <laughs> We've moved exiguous. on.
0: Yeah. While you were in Australia, we moved on. All right. So, obdurate.
1: Um, Stubborn. <laughs> You didn't fucking look it up, did no, you? No, I didn't. I swear to God. Wow. I
0: Wow. Tony Anita Hall, congratulations. You have earned, uh, I believe, a left shoulder. Yeah. I, oh. I, that was a stab in the dark. There we go. Okay. Yeah, there's obdurate. It's, it means stubborn, unyielding, obstinate, uh, obdurate. Okay. Uh, I'm signaling Bonnie Burns back on. There we go. Okay. Uh, Bonnie Burns, uh, what is the meaning of the word Obdurate, without looking it up. I've never looked it up. (laughs) What is the
3: meaning of the word (laughs) obdurate? Uh, Stubborn. That's my answer. Congratulations, (laughs) Bonnie
4: Burns. That is
0: the correct answer. Oh, my God. Obdurate. It's stubborn, (laughs) unyielding, obstinate. Uh, Stubborn is a correct answer. Uh, Congratulations, Bonnie Burns. I believe you've earned... A right shoulder, right shoulder. All right. So now I am signaling Adam Felber back on. Here he comes. You guys are like morse coding each other no. or something. I just know <laughs> no. it. Okay, can you hear me?
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm back.
0: Adam Felber, what is the meaning of the former? Nobody listens to Paula own vocabulary word. Obdurate.
2: I know that one. I I, I should know that. It, it it's it's stubborn. It's it's solidly stubborn. You you you're unchanging. You won't change. You're a mule.
0: Excellent. Excellent. That is, uh, all three of you got that answer correct. You're right. Obdurate, stubborn, unyielding, obstinate. Very nice. Excellent job. I believe you've earned for yourself, Adam Felber, a right shoulder. Have I earned my facial hair yet? (laughs) No, you have not.
2: (laughs) Because, uh, that would make that drawing look a lot like me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You might be right about that. Uh, All right. But well, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, well, no, we'll... I
2: mean, you know, do, do it the way you want to do it, but I just, it feels a little unfair that everybody else got their whole face, and because I have an extra feature on my face, I have to, you know, wait for it.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, if we wait long enough, both Tony and Bonnie will have facial hair.
2: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, everybody, Nigel Slater said, almost anything is edible with a dab of French mustard on it. And then he added, except my wife's meatloaf. Hey, uh, bada bing! We'll visit the Mustard Museum when we come back. And now, a news update from the dental chair. Who 23 now? <laughs> this has been a news update from the dental chair.
0: On this day in unremarkable history, Mrs. Smith said, don't shut your pie hole.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Thank you, house band Donnie Scally. Hey, Paula, you look like you're lost in the land of memory.
0: Oh, Adam. Adam, how well do you remember your elementary school experience?
2: Well, there's Mrs. Drexler, Ms. Wachtel, Mrs. Burke, Mrs. Weiner, and then in third grade we had three teachers. My homeroom was Mr. Rosen, and in sixth grade my homeroom was Mr. Atterbury.
0: Wow, that's yeah. that's pretty good. I gotta say, I, I remember so much. I was in the Robbins Reading Group in the first grade. John Austin was in the Astronauts Reading Group. Denise Theodore's family visited Puerto Rico, and she colored a spectacular picture of it. Brenda Clark, who was an upperclassman, walked in on me in the bathroom stall, which, by the way, there's, tra- there's trauma there. That it, You know, it was an accident. It happens. But uh, Miss White, my second-grade teacher, pulled my hair. Uh, John Casella and I had contests to see who could take apart a pen and put it back together the fastest. Nancy Martin was practically translucent, and there were always kids with mustard on their face. There's something about mustard. It's a quality about mustard that makes the food never entirely go into the diner's mouth. It's on their shirt. It's on their tie. It's on the tip of their nose, their chin, the corners of their mouths. I remember it very clearly from elementary school, but it affects people of all ages what what is it about mustard I, I i wish there was someone i could ask about mustard you know someone who knew a lot but doesn't make others feel foolish for not knowing uh-huh You know what would be great if someone had a mustard museum that ah, wait all right that's 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 ridiculous i'm just talking crazy now
2: paula you're not talking crazy because i happen to know that there is a national mustard museum well yeah, and maybe we could look into maybe at some point in the show's future getting some representative from the mustard museum here. I don't. Wait a minute, Paula. What? I just looked at our schedule and realized that right here today on our show we have the very expert I was talking about.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: That is coincidence in a bun. It sure is. He's the founder and curator of the National Mustard Museum, also Dean of Students at America's Mustard College, known as Poupon U. Please welcome Barry Levinson. Hello, hello,
0: hello. Hey, Barry. Good to see you, Paula. It's nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Barry, let's just start right in with a speedball. What is (laughs) mustard? there's gotta be there's gonna be some criteria and yet I'm aware that your museum has like so many different kinds. Yeah,
5: we have over 6,600 different mustards from all over the world in the collection. <laughs> um, and uh, what is mustard? Well, it has to have the mustard seed in it. Uh, But after that, you could have Dijon mustard, you could have honey mustard, you could have herb mustards, you can have a deli mustard. Uh, At the World Mustard Competition, and we've been holding it every year uh, since 1995, there are going to be 19 categories of mustard. So there's grainy mustards, whole seed mustards, Dijon, uh, all kinds of mustards. And they come from all over the world. We're going to be sending invites to France, to Sweden, to Germany, to Zimbabwe, to Kenya, uh, to India, uh, really everywhere. Uh, Mustard is pretty much universal. I was in Kenya one time and it never occurred to me that
0: they had their own mustard. Mustard. What, what did you have on your Kenyan hot dogs?
5: Well, what else are you going to have?
0: right? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Silly me. Just goes to show how narrow my world is. So uh, your, your mustard competition, how is that
5: run? Well, the mustards come in. We'll probably see about 400 to 500 different mustards. They're in categories. They are blind, judged. So people taste them. They have no idea whose mustard. It could be French's mustard. It could be just a little boutique mustard, but they have no idea. And they taste them. They rank them. Uh, we then go to a second round, maybe a third round. Then there's a grand champion round. So it's uh, it's a big deal for the mustard industry. You said it could be French's. Do the big boys submit along with the boutique mustards Do do French's and Goulden's send you stuff? Uh, some of them do, uh, fr- I, and I, I will disclose that French's, uh, which is owned by McCormick, is a sponsor of the nonprofit Mustard Museum, but they do not sponsor the competition.
2: They make a quality mustard. It's one of my favorites on a hot dog.
5: Well, I mean, we all grew up with it, right? Sure. Exactly. So.
0: I love the the color. Yeah. And the kernel. I love yeah. the kernel mustard.
5: Of course. Ah. Uh, And Colonel Mustard is here. We have many iterations of Colonel Mustard from Clue uh, in the
0: exhibit. You know what? I would have guessed that. Um, There's all this tasting and it's blind tasting. Is there a palate cleanser? Because if I were a judge and I had just tasted, you know, even three mustards, I would think that after a while it sort of blends together in your head.
5: Oh, no, we do have palate uh, cleansers, uh, various ones. It, it could be just water, it could be pretzels, could be bread. Do you taste it off a spoon? or Is that how you taste it? Yeah, it tasted on a spoon.
0: At what point did you, Barry, get into mustard? I mean, because that's not the only job you've done, right?
5: I mean, no, at all- not at all. In fact, uh, before uh, doing mustard, I was an assistant attorney general for the state of Wisconsin. What? Wow. Yeah. And uh, what happened, though, see, I'm originally from Massachusetts, from Worcester. Oh! Of course. Worcester! I'm a Sudbury girl. Oh, Sudbury. All right. Not far. Beautiful place. So, anyway, uh, of course, uh, even though I was uh, out in Wisconsin uh, as an assistant attorney general, I was, of course, a diehard Red Sox fan. Sure. And 1986... They lost the World Series. I mean, that was just heartbreaking. I was so depressed. I couldn't sleep, so I went to an all-night supermarket. I roamed up and down the aisles, tears running down my cheeks. Finally, I was in front of the Mustards, and I heard a voice. It said, if you collect us, they will come. (laughs) (laughs) That did it. So, now that was 86. I needed another sign, and I got it six months later when I was arguing a case at the United States Supreme Court, and I did so with a jar of mustard in my pocket. I won the case, uh, Griffin versus Wisconsin, a Fourth Amendment case. I was arguing on behalf of the state of Wisconsin. And on the way to the court, I saw a discarded room service tray, and there was a little jar of mustard, and I didn't have time to bring it back to my room. So I brought it with me to the Supreme Court. I remember the search guy said, what the hell is that? And he said, it's a jar of mustard. And he said, okay, I've seen everything now. (laughs) So Sandra Day O'Connor was there. And she uh. was on the far left side, uh, not that she was uh, on the left of anything, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was in my left pants pocket, so the last question she asked was, excuse me, Counselor, I have one question. Is that a jar of mustard in your pocket, or are you just glad to see me? She didn't. All right, so she didn't. I was, I, you know,
0: I was... Buying that whole story right up until the end. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's just, true. I actually did argue that case with a jar of mustard in my pocket. Well, that part I believed. See, it's I, true. I mean, I'm not all that familiar with Sandra Day O'Connor, but she doesn't strike me as the sort of person to make a uh, a mustard joke. Um, wow. So, you know, I gather these these influential moments, but I still don't see how you go from being an assistant... Uh, was a district attorney... Attorney General, right. Oh, excuse me, pardon me. Assistant Attorney General to owning a mustard museum. That still seems like a funny turn. Uh,
5: Yeah, it was, uh, because pretty much I got off my meds and I decided that uh, I got to do something (laughs) crazy. And so I said, I'm going to start a mustard museum. And I quit because I figured, you know, because I was just doing criminal cases, and, you know, that's pretty sad. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's pretty grim. So yeah. I, I said, you know, wouldn't it be nice instead of seeing tags on toes to see smiles on faces? And that's what I did. So I quit uh, and I opened the museum. The museum itself was at one time a museum and a gift shop altogether. But we made the museum itself a separate nonprofit, And I sold the gift shop part Like five and a half years ago So I'm just the curator Of the Mustard Museum now That's amazing wow. We
2: will enter the museum in just a moment You know, Chico Marx once said Mustard's no good without roast beef <laughs> To which a hot dog replied What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> More from the Mustard Museum When we come back The cat of the week is Mr. Proger from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma.
0: Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. I don't want to bring you down by reminding you of why we need to laugh, COVID, but we do. Laughter could be practically prescribed by a doctor. Climate change. And there's something about the shared (laughs) emotional experience of being a part of an audience that makes the laughter that much more powerful. Kids, 99% of the time when someone types LOL, they're lying. You don't laugh out loud at stuff when you're alone. You acknowledge in your head that you think the thing you're seeing or hearing is funny. Depression. That's why television shows (laughs) use a laugh track. By the way, it was only recently that it dawned on me that the Flintstones couldn't have had a live audience. Loneliness. I'm not saying that I'm the only one who can provide this healing laughter, Trump. But I am saying (laughs) you need to get it somewhere. And it happens that I work in theaters all over the country. Nuclear war. Go to PaulaPoundstone.com and see when I'll be at a theater near you. Parallel Parking. to talk to Trump. Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is, you know, I've always meant to ask you, where's that great new health care you promised in your first campaign? I don't remember ever seeing it.
2: And we are back with mustard impresario Barry Levinson. Fala? All right. So, Barry, when you decided to start a mustard
0: museum, how did you go about doing it?
5: Well, at the time, I think I had almost 1,000 jars of mustard from all over the world. Now, of course, it's grown to over 6,600, but oh I figured, gosh. why not? I think the world needs a mustard museum, and I just, I just did it. This was 1992 when it first opened, and back then, I remember going to a bank, the local bank, and said, I, I want to borrow some money uh, to open a mustard museum and uh, i i had a business plan and the guy said oh that sounds like a good idea how much do you want wow
2: only in wisconsin
5: right and and i said don't you want a business plan oh you got one sure we'll put it in the file how much do you want And you can have it
0: wow yep. oh my god of course
5: the bank is now out of business but <laughs>
0: sure oh right yeah but you
4: <laughs>
0: but you you stand tall still um,
5: wow. All right. So how did you come to have a thousand mustards? Well, uh, wherever I would travel, not that, that I traveled a lot, but uh, I, I would always find mustards and spend money on mustards. And then once we the museum opened, people would send mustards. They said, I want to be in the museum. I want my mustards in the Mustard Museum. So it just kept going and going. And there are mustards we still don't have. And we've identified over 700 uh, email addresses of mustard companies everywhere. Wow. Paula, you could open up a museum of hotel soaps. I could. Or, you know, years ago,
0: I used to bring home the shampoos and conditioners. And it occurs to me now that I threw away a perfectly viable career by not, you know, saving those and making them into a a museum.
5: I Um, I would certainly go there.
0: Yeah, if only that bank were still in business,
5: because
0: uh, I, I think there was uh, Deutsche, Deutsche, Wisconsin. Right. I, I think uh, it has. I think they were an important part of the transaction. All right, tell me about the museum itself. It's a it's a big Wisconsin attraction, isn't it? It is.
5: In fact, there was a, a website. I think it was uh, Buzz, Buzzfeed named it uh, the most unusual uh, museum in Wisconsin. Or the World's museum, something like that. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's okay. That's okay. But we get about thirty-five thousand visitors a year. Uh, not so oh, many gosh. in January, you know. But yeah. uh, you know, because it's just wicked cold here uh, at that point. Uh, but we—you <laughs> are from Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, right, wicked. Yeah, wicked yeah. As, a, as an adjective, right? So, we obviously tell the story of mustard, the history of mustard, and we want people to understand how mustard is a healthy condiment, you know, as opposed to that red stuff, you know. Ketchup. Ugh. Oh, my yeah. God. Did you know, by the way, that according to the National Condiment Research Council annual report that came out just two weeks ago, ketchup is now the leading cause of childhood stupidity in America. Well, I knew that, but I don't know if Paula did. I didn't know that. Uh, I'm going to have to
0: get rid of the ketchup in my refrigerator. Get rid Um, of it. No, at this this point, ketchup's sole purpose is for expressing rage at Mar-a-Lago. Yes. Yeah. uh, Wow. Okay, so... What is the history of mustard? I didn't know there was like a special mustard history.
5: Yeah, mustard goes back uh, certainly to the times of the ancient Romans when they were using mustard seeds to make some of their sauces. But it really began as its own condiment in Dijon, France, uh, in the 14th century. So at that point, uh, the monks... Uh, in Dijon were making a mustard pretty much as we know it today. It was usually grainy because they didn't have the technology to make it as smooth as it is now. Uh, but that's really when it started. It then spread uh, to Germany, to England, and now it's pretty much universal. Shakespeare mentions mustard, or at yes. least mustard
2: seed. Yeah. Oh,
5: yeah. He, he does, I think, in uh, four or five of his plays. What say you to a piece of beef and mustard? I, a dish I do love to feed upon. That's from Taming of the Shrew, right?
0: <laughs> and then, of course, Romeo, Romeo. There's mustard on the corners of your mouth. Right. right. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Right. Barry, have you noticed what I've noticed about mustard, which is when someone eats something with mustard on it, the mustard invariably, particularly a, gold, a, a yellow mustard, not, maybe not the brown ones, but the yellow mustards end up all over people's face and clothes.
5: Which is fine. You know, some people consider that a stain, but we consider it a badge of honor.
2: (laughs) Barry, let me ask you about the museum itself. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of a unique thing to be uh, offering a foodstuff as an exhibit in a museum. How much of the exhibits in the Mustard Museum are tasteable?
5: Well, certainly the more recent ones now. Things for, that are like fifty or sixty years old, maybe not so much, because they're not poisonous. Because mustard really doesn't go bad, um, but it just kind of fades in flavor. So yeah. oh. we we've got uh, jars of mustard from all over the world, you know, from about eighty different countries, uh, and they're all there. So people. But can, can people taste them? them? If I'm if I'm in the mustard museum what do i get to taste you get uh, up in the gift shop um, which is separate um, but uh, we encourage people to go in the gift shop where they sell uh, over 200 different mustards and you can taste like uh, about 80 of them wow
0: why doesn't it go bad and are there some good like health properties about the fact that it doesn't go bad
5: Well, there's the vinegar in there, uh, the acidity, I think, uh, and there's just nothing poisonous about mustard. So it's just a good thing, you know, and we teach that at the university, which is Poop on You. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Poop on You. Is Poop on You an actual, I mean, is there a campus? I know they have a very successful football team. Yes. But is it an actual bricks and mortar location?
5: Well, we have a fight song, so that makes it a real university. Can we hear the fight song? On our hot dogs, on our bratwurst, <laughs> mustard is so cool. Never mayo, never ketchup, they're against the rules. Gleaming gold and mellow yellow, smooth, rough, sweet, and hot. Fight, poop on you, will fight and eat some lunch. <laughs> wow Wow. that is
0: spectacular that's absolutely you know what i can say unequivocally that is the best fight song i've ever heard Uh, And it should
5: be
2: yep
0: yeah it is it is it's fantastic
2: (laughs) okay so barry i need to know your favorite recipes with mustard i want to know what what are you what are you doing with mustard besides putting it on a hot dog or a sausage?
5: Well, of course, you put it on hot dogs, you have it with pretzels. Uh, sure. The ba- base for a mustard vinaigrette uh, dressing. It's also sure. great as a basis for, or the addition to reduced cream, to make a mustard cream sauce, uh, which is great. I mean, you, you'd think that you spend hours but it's very quick. It's very easy. You just reduce heavy cream, and then turn off the heat and whirl in some good Dijon mustard. And it's oh, after as... you
2: reduce it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah,
5: you got to reduce it because it's you want it nice and thick. Uh, but I also have mustard on ice cream, mustard on donuts. Ah, what? Well, I not Mus- like that. <laughs> mustard on ice
0: cream. What? Sure. what are you thinking?
5: Yeah. Well, the right mustard. Uh, what? Mustard on a bagel. Sure. Um, because yes, fruit mustards that. are good for that. So, wow. you know, a wow. lot of things. There are sweet mustards that go well with uh, just about anything. So, mustard's universal and it's very versatile. So, eat your mustard. Wow. <laughs> you know, this is
0: one of our early podcasts in 2023. And uh, this is just opening the floodgates for it being a very educational, informative
5: year. It will, but. But promise me, you're not going to get the ketchup museum on, right?
2: Never. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. no. We would I never get... tell you if we did that, Barry.
5: Ugh. I got,
0: I got sick at the Mayo Museum, so Ugh. that's it. I'm,
5: yeah. Well, they're they're going to rebrand uh, Mayo. Uh, they're gonna call it five hour lethargy.
2: Wow.
5: Oh, does that is that one of the side effects That's You are
2: boring. claws out, yeah. <laughs> when oh. it comes to other condiments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Barry, that was excellent. Now we're gonna take all this amazingly tasty information that you've given us and run it through the old Pounce Donator. Paula?
0: How's Ben Dan Scalley on the bass? Thank you so much for providing your marvelous music on this week's episode. It really brings the show together as far as any earthly thing can (laughs) (laughs) if i can get some background music from you i'll tell you what the old pounce spit out (laughs) barry levinson founder and curator of the National Mustard Museum. Thank you so much for sharing your passion for mustard and for telling us about the National Mustard Museum. Surely it's part of a visit to Wisconsin for many and the sole reason for a visit to Wisconsin for some. Hi, it's me, Miss Nancy, in my Fairbanks <laughs> Elementary School second grade class, and we are making a video of our remarkable class trip to the National Mustard Museum in Middleton, Wisconsin. We use the money from our student art sale and bake sale and nacho sale, and from our holiday concert ticket sales, and from generous donations from our parents to charter a bus and come all of the way to Wisconsin. Here are our students. Wave to the camera, everybody. What a treat for them. And here's the bus we chartered. Wait, is that Russell on top of the bus? Russell, get down from there. You're gonna get hurt. Come, come over here and line up with a buddy. Vivian, Barbara, you're responsible. Will you please buddy up with Russell? Thank you. All right, kids, we're going into the museum. Remember, look but don't touch. Flower Stamen Williams, our new student from California, what did Ms. Nancy just say we are going to do when we get into the museum? That's right, Flower Stamen, we look but don't touch. We are going into the museum to see the exhibits. Afterwards, when we have a better understanding of mustard and why anyone would eat it, we can go upstairs to the gift shop and there we can taste the mustards. So let's have the camera follow us while we go into the museum. Here we see some vintage mustard advertisements. (laughs) Douglas, could you point to the one that says, put it on your dog (laughs) and eat it? No, Douglas, look at the camera. Enid, please remember not to touch. Yes, I see that they have a chocolate mustard. <laughs> if you need to throw up, please head to the ladies room in the corner. I'll join you in a minute. Look, Asha and Joaquin, this whole wall has mustards from South America. See the arrow pointing to their newest mustard from Uruguay? Wait, it's missing. Russell, what is that in your pocket? Is that a jar of mustard? (laughs) Oh, you did not just bump into Sandra Day O'Connor. She's dead. And she wouldn't have said that to a little boy. You put that mustard back. Wait, what's on your shirt? Russell, did you open the mustard jar from Uruguay? What did I tell you? That's a very valuable mustard. Oh my gosh, it's all over your pants. Screw the lid back on, put it back on the shelf, and get on the bus. What now, Vivian Barbara? He broke an antique mustard <laughs> pot too? I thought you were holding his hand. Oh shit, we can't afford that. Everybody, get back on the bus. Joaquin, Sue Lynn, <laughs> get on the bus. Run! <laughs>
2: and curator of the National Mustard Museum and possibly the only person in history to argue a case at the United States Supreme Court with a jar of mustard in his pocket Barry Levinson everybody Yay. Thank you Barry. Barry
0: Thank you so much this was really terrific very informative and you know what when I'm in Wisconsin Uh, What town in Wisconsin, by the way? Well, it's
5: uh, the west end of Madison, Middleton, which is, and you've been to Madison. I have? Oh, yeah. Love it there. Yep. Yep. All right. I saw you there. Right. All right. Well, I'm
0: I'm headed there again as soon as I possibly can to get to the Mustard Museum.
5: (laughs) We'll roll out the yellow carpet for you.
2: I appreciate it. Okay. Coming up. When is our show at its best, and where can we improve? I don't know, but apparently you do. It's Mailbag. Listener Notes Edition. When we come back. Fun fact. Psycho was the first movie to actually show a toilet flushing. And that Robert Downey Jr., Dr. Doolittle movie was the first movie where you could actually see money being flushed down a toilet.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Donnie Scally. Oof! That sounds good. I am now interested in ethnomusicology from an urban music standpoint and from a sounds-involving combat standpoint. That was fantastic. Senior (laughs) Bass. Yes. You know what it's time for, Paula? It's a pretty pretty special moment here for us. What's it time for, Adam? Well, every once in a while, we like to look at what our listeners have to say to us in a segment that we call Mailbag. Listener Notes Edition. This is going to be a really fun edition. What it is is we noticed that we had a lot of feedback lately from listeners, and all the feedback was in the ter- in terms of either approving of or disapproving of certain things that we do in our show, which is why this is Mailbag Listener Notes Edition. We love your notes, and we'd love to hear what you have to say to us. And with that in mind, Tony and Anita Hall, can you step on up to the microphone and read us our first entry from the old mailbag? Listener Notes Edition.
1: (laughs) Oh, yay. Uh, So, the first one is from Amy Berger. I want to sincerely thank you for your vocabulary song. Wait, 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 wait. Tony, the first what? (laughs) Mail message?
0: No, 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 no. Tony, (laughs) what is this? What what is it you're reading from?
1: The mailbag.
2: Listener Notes Edition.
0: Go ahead, Ambassador. Tony, go ahead.
1: Amy writes, I want to sincerely thank you for your vocabulary song. Our toddler has been resisting his high chair lately, preferring to eat his meals standing by the pantry and spinning in circles. In a moment of desperation, I thought I would try to invent a song to attract him to the high chair. It worked, but my husband said my song wasn't replicable, which reminded us of your (laughs) extremely replicable vocabulary song. So now I sing... It's time to get in your high chair to the tune of the vocabulary song. Our son loves the song and scurries right over to the high chair as soon as we start singing. Thank you for a song that is both replicable and effective. It is a lifesaver.
0: Wow, what a high honor.
1: A high chair
2: honor.
0: High chair, whose chair, your chair. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Amy Berger.
2: Absolutely. In fact, Amy Berger, if you want to record uh, or even video, your son uh, having that song sung to him and heading to the high chair, I would love that, and I bet our listeners would too.
0: I think that our listeners would very much enjoy either hearing or seeing the this song. Um, and I wonder how our Australian. listeners would feel about it.
2: Oh, Paula, bad news. We don't have all that many Australian um, listeners, Uh, despite our recent um, outlay of cash to get Tony to... Yeah, yeah. didn't
0: we just send Tony down there to increase our listenership uh, down under?
2: Yeah, we did. (sighs) But that money apparently has now circled the wrong way down the drain. Yeah, seems
0: to have. Seems to have. Tony, um, uh, could you reach into the... (laughs) Mailbag.
2: Listener Notes Edition.
1: I'm paying a penance today. Okay. So uh, Matt Barnes writes, I've been listening to your show from the very beginning. I love your not-so-recent introduction of a cold open that you definitely never do. We forgot to not do it today. (laughs) (laughs) I produce the 11 p.m. news at WPTV, the NBC affiliate in West Palm Beach. Speaking as someone who is tasked with producing cold opens five days a week, I love Paula's idea of using the acronym CO. Ever since your first, quote, grabber, I've been slowly convincing my coworkers to call it a CO. By now, (laughs) almost everyone has fallen in line. I thought Paula would be interested to know that the profound impact she has had on the local television industry. Keep up the good work.
4: Wow. wow, Matt!
0: I am very flattered, and and thank you for pulling the curtain back on uh, the local
2: news, uh, the the local television news industry. Yeah. Um, that what's was it, a what's it called open like on the on the television news? What's the CEO like? This squirrel water skis More on the news, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, they go like tight on a parking meter that's
2: expired. It's a lot of local stuff. Things your meter maid isn't telling you. It's time for the news. Is that it? Matt, I want some examples of your of your COs. I, I bet they're very similar to ours. Oh, yeah. I bet it's a real
0: peek behind the curtain. I wonder if they're doing the peek behind the curtain kind or the grabber kind. Yeah. They just show like a leg fly across the street
2: there. In, uh... I wonder how many of those local news people are losing legs. Because if they're, if they're not willing to give up a leg in West Palm Beach for the news, then that's not really a CO, is it? No,
0: not one with heart.
2: Um <laughs> uh-huh. Well, these are all really uh, positive notes from our listeners so far.
0: I, I like it. Yeah, I t- you know, and yet it's random. That's the thing. Uh, Tony, what else you got
1: there in the mailbag?
2: <laughs> Listener Notes Edition
1: Fred Flintstone writes, I would like to send kudos to Vic, your editor, and I assume your Foley artist for all of the clever and timely sound effects he adds, which bring to life all of your non cold openings and other misadventures. Additional praise for replacing the sound of Adam's laughter with that of enraged psychotic seagulls.
2: <laughs> hey.
1: <laughs> Due to my severe misophonia, I asked you to please auto-tune Paula's Glockenspiel discordant B-Natural out of her mailbag, quote, tune, as well as editing out Bonnie's, quote, singing to save my thumb from severe RSI. I seem to be getting from having to fast forward through these sections of your otherwise most delightful podcast.
0: Um, Adam. Yeah. Don't we have, uh, mailbag... RSI edition?
2: (laughs) Uh, We're going to. uh, And and, and seriously, Fred Flintstones could have been on that one. You know, it was such a positive, positive uh, note until my laughter was compared to enraged psychotic seagulls. Paula's uh, glockenspiel playing was maligned and Bonnie singing uh, was similarly maligned.
0: I like it that he keeps coming back. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> apparently, the rest of the show, there was no mention of anything Tony does wrong. Uh, apparently, the rest of the show is so gratifying, so healing, so uplifting in every way that uh, he's willing to suffer severe uh, RSI and uh, repetitive stress injuries. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, it just goes to show that both the listener and the podcast providers. Um, are really suffering to make this project work. Um,
2: It's all hands on deck. And you know what? I think you're right, Paula. I'm going to turn a positive attitude towards Mr. Flintstone's criticisms and take them in the spirit in which they were intended. And Fred, I promise you that we will be much more careful with Paula's Glockenspiel the next time we do Mailbag. Any edition.
3: Wait, I have something to say to Fred Flintstone P-H-L-I-N-S-T-O-N-E
4: <laughs> 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 Oh
0: <laughs> my gosh uh, f- f- Fred Flintstone Uh, Which is spelled with P-H, by the way. P-H, Fred. P-H, Flintstone. Fred Flintstone, if there was any way we could possibly send you the Zoom uh, uh, visual recording of Bonnie (laughs) singing, I think it's the Rites of Spring, maybe, Uh, it would give you such joy. It's worth the whole experience. Uh, Anyways, thank you. Thank you, Fred.
2: Thank you, Fred. And Tony, what else is in the mailbag? Listener Notes Edition.
1: We heard from Vera Jensen. Hello to my favorite podcast. Just wanted to share my opinion on a couple of things. One, no to the long haul trucker.
3: Yes. She's in the minority. <laughs> she's in the minority.
1: No,
0: she's not. She's yeah, not she in the is. minority. She's Vera <laughs> Jensen is, uh, she is well known throughout Hollywood uh, as a show fixer. When shows are really struggling, she comes in and turns things around. I don't know if you know, but the first season of the Dick Van Dyke show was not particularly popular, and then it just took off, and that was because of Vera Jensen's work, so I trust her.
1: Two, I love it when the NLTPP podcast is longer. Then I can listen to it over two walks, and I don't have to wait so long for the next episode. Oh. Three. Wow. I prefer Adam and Paula only on the closing segment. <laughs> Sorry, Bonnie, Vera. Yeah. These these <laughs>
0: comments are clearly so thoughtful, uh, yeah. really coming from a professional place, uh, and I agree. Actually, with all with all three, of them. I, I do. I think
2: these are I think these are great notes, and I think that everybody here at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone should take these notes very very seriously. <laughs>
0: Yes, you I, I do. I have abs- what? No, you go.
4: No, I just <laughs>
0: was thinking that one of the things that we could offer um, in our store is these notes number one, two, and three from Vera Jensen
2: uh, embroidered onto a, a throat pillow. Particularly one and three, I would like on the back of our next sweatshirt. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, and you know it would be great if Tony would wear the sweatshirt in Australia, and then when people asked her about it, she
2: could just zip her lips. Yeah, well, let's, Tony, let's role play a little bit. Hello there. I happened to read the back of your sweatshirt, and I was wondering, what's that about long old truckers?
1: I, can't, I, re- I, I refuse to do this. I just want everyone to know I refuse to role play like this. I am not doing it. Good for you, Tony.
2: Right. And how, and how does,
1: excuse me, Australian gentlemen, how do you
2: respond to that? Well, I guess I'll never know <laughs> what that sweatshirt was all about. Too bad. I guess I'll go back to my main activity of the day, which is looking for new I, podcasts to listen to. Thank you.
1: I
0: think. Crikey. Tony. This is where you go in. Go. See, he says he's looking for a new podcasts <laughs> no, to listen to. I think go, Tony, go. go, Tony. Go. Go, Tony.
1: <laughs> have lost us listeners.
2: I oh, I should I should have <laughs> mentioned. Although I live in Australia, I'm from London. <laughs> yeah, you kind of took
1: <laughs> a travel there. <laughs> Was Dick Van Dyke your dialect coach?
4: <laughs> wow! Wow!
0: Yeah, lashing lashing out at the, <laughs> the greats.
2: <laughs> Listener notes edition.
0: What else, Tony? Adam.
2: Yeah. Answer the phone! No. Yay. Paula, can can I not answer the phone?
0: Adam, answer the phone!
2: (laughs) I'm trying, Paula. I just can't find a phone. It's under all this clutter that Bonnie left on our desk. (laughs) Yeah,
0: she's (laughs) been distributing her clutter. Ow! Ow, shit!
2: I'm sorry, I touched a handful of pushpins that somebody left. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, here's the phone. Here's the phone. Hello? I guess it was too late. I don't think anyone's there.
0: I'm here. It's me, Nan Mumford. Uh, Might I be the hundredth caller?
2: Uh, No, Nan. I, I believe you are the fifth caller.
0: I can't believe it. You must not be doing a very good job promoting it. I mean a contest where all you have to do is be the hundredth caller to win a tour of all the places that made you the man that you are. Like the Sunglass Hut and London where you met the witches? <laughs> well, that's quite a journey. I, I think if folks knew about it, your phone wouldn't stop a-jingling.
2: Well, uh, thanks for pointing that out, Nan, but I guess not that many people want to go to the places that influence me. Even I don't.
0: Well, I certainly do. I mean, uh-huh. I'm awfully busy. Winter's a-coming, and I've got to cover everything in my yard with blue tarpaulins. So I don't have all day to be giving you a jingle. I hope you don't expect me to let the bikes and the old Impala and the shed and the rocking chairs and the canoe rust away so I can visit the sunglass hut.
2: No, of of course I don't expect you to do any of that, Nan. Just uh, do what you have to do.
0: You kept busy advertising. I can't make 95
2: more calls. You don't have to. Honestly, you don't.
0: Where did you learn to sit around and let everyone do everything for you? Part of your problem is that you're jabbering on the phone all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nan? Uh, well, I think she hung up.
0: What are you doing on the phone? Pull your weight, Adam. Thank you, Nan Mumford. Wow, she's, she's really excited about the 100th caller contest.
2: How it's... would you know if Nan was excited about anything ever?
0: That's the most excited I've ever heard, Nan. And, and she was calling
2: number five. That's right. So we have roughly an eternity to go with that fantastic contest. Hey, Tony, <laughs> let's have another uh, entry from the mailbag. <laughs> Listener Notes Edition.
1: Our friend Barbara Landau writes, The longer the show, the better. I'm a proud nobody and happy to be. So bring it on. Long shows run pleasantly long. So pay no attention to Captain Crinkle and her pushing for a long haul trucker. Your long shows are the best.
0: Wow. Wow. Another person who is surely quite schooled in the podcasting industry. You know, we've been talking to the people at Starburns and we've been trying to get a lot of information about how podcasts are made. We've been being told stuff like, you know, 15 minutes is the sweet spot. Uh, you know, they say we should yeah. get off like very soon after we introduce ourselves.
2: would be a good time right. to get off that, that uh, people would like it better if we weren't on the show so much is what I've been, what I've been
0: hearing. <laughs> yeah that's that's what I heard I, yeah. I heard can't you just send some sweatshirts to Australia and call it quits that's <laughs> that's what I heard from starburns, so yeah, this is I'm really definitely. thank you, Barbara.
2: This is really um, absolutely this is This is a breath of fresh air, so to speak. Wow, okay, so Tony, how about another entry from our mailbag? Listener Notes Edition. These are fantastic notes. Thank you, everybody.
0: Renee writes, dear... Tony, Tony, where are you getting
2: this? (laughs) She visibly deflated there.
1: (laughs) From the mailbag. Ah!
2: Listener Notes Edition.
1: Go ahead, Tony, go ahead. Renee writes, Renee writes, Dear Paula, Adam, Captain Crinkle, Tony and Julie. Hey, you guys, my partner and I are big fans of Paula. We really look forward to the show every week. We always have a lot of laughs, but I beg of you, please, please stop the dentist chair bit. The drilling sound is unbearable. Sometimes I'm cooking when we listen and I can't fast forward quick enough Please make it go away. OK, not
0: everyone who is written in <laughs> understands the business. I can see that Renee has some gaps in her body of knowledge about both comedy and podcasting. The news brief from the dental chair is one of the most sought after. In fact, I don't know if everyone has listened to um, Rachel Maddow's new podcast. New yeah, yeah. it's a eight episode. It's not in infinite like ours. It's an eight episode. It's called Ultra. It's about uh, another attempt to overthrow our government that took place in the 40s. And it is fascinating. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think anybody makes a more interesting podcast than no, no, no. Uh, Rachel Maddow. And they stole from us the uh, news brief from the dental chair. Uh, <laughs> Rachel Maddow does that on her show.
2: Yeah, but uh, but because she's not quite the actor that uh, you are, Paula, she actually has dental work done every week.
0: Yeah, well, because she likes to make it more real, you know.
2: Method, yeah, um, that's who that's who Rachel is.
0: Yeah. Wow. By the way, they do a cold open on that show. They do a CO. They do a CO. Yeah, they do.
2: It, is it usually involve uh, legs coming off or anything? Or yeah, you know, she used to be a lot taller. That's right, she was a very tall woman at one point Hey, uh, that was fantastic Tony, thank you so much And that's another edition of Mailbag And that was the Listener Notes edition Thanks for those notes, listeners And if you have any more notes, questions, or comments You can drop us a line at Poundstone at gmail.com Hey, Paula Poundstone Where are you going to be in the weeks to come?
0: I don't know if Paula Has ever shared this with you But she loathes self-promotion it, oh, yes, Mrs. it's gotten so bad she's run into the bathroom where she keeps a shock tank uh, she, she does however have a wonderful active life in theaters on the road and I would be happy to tell you about Paula Poundstone's upcoming events so that listeners who are so inclined can go to paulapoundstone.com click on tour and get for themselves a ticket to a night of laughter Paula will be in Wound Socket, Rhode Island at the Stadium Theatre on Friday, February 3rd, and Paula will be in Redwood City, California at the Fox Theatre on Saturday, February 4th, and remember, the tickets are available at paulapoundstone.com.
2: That's fantastic. Thank you, Mrs. Culpepper.
0: That, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Tony Anita, oh, by the way, uh, darling, it is so good to have you back, and I... I can't help wondering why you went to Australia and New Zealand as an ambassador if you were unwilling to talk (laughs) to the people there. That maybe is a misunderstanding you had uh, during your initial interview. Yeah,
2: apparently she didn't get it, Mrs. Culpepper. (laughs) Yeah,
1: She doesn't seem to have, uh, but uh, so good to have you back, Tony. Thank Thank you, Mrs. Culpepper. I missed you as well. Well, Tony, why don't we take a
2: moment right now just to do some role playing?
1: <laughs> With all due respect, Mrs. Culpepper, no.
2: <laughs> Let's pretend that you were in the South. Mrs. Culpepper, okay, so you're you're in the South. You're hanging out where you hang out. And you see Tony Nita Hall walking by in a <laughs> nobody listens to Paula Poundstone sweatshirt.
0: Yeah, I would say, my dear, what a, what a, what that, the switcher looks so comfy and so <laughs> cozy and so fashionable. And what on earth
1: is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone? Mrs. Culpepper, I'm not doing this. With, again, with all due respect. No. Adam Thelma,
0: I've done everything I can with her. There's no, no working with Tony Anita. Oh, she's nah, just,
2: you're, you're, she was the wrong
0: person for the job. I, I see that now. I can't. Yeah. I don't know who was it, Bonnie Burns, who did the interview process because she overlooked. Some negatives.
2: Yeah, no, no, you're 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 absolutely right, Mrs. Culpepper. There's, uh, we're we're gonna think we're gonna think long and hard before we send Tony around the world uh, on our nickel ever again. Um, yeah, I guess if you do that one or two more times, Tony, we're gonna th- consider not sending you on luxurious vacations.
0: Uh, yeah, I think of it
2: now as Tony, Anita, hush. <laughs> <laughs> and um. Uh, just, I just want to say, as you're driving to those Paula Poundstone gigs, you might want to put on uh, my other podcast, Dad Bandland, which, according to Variety Magazine, is shorter than this podcast. All right. Now, <laughs> uh, remember to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. It's free, and you can always reach us at Poundstone at gmail.com, and that is our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Lee Felber. Special thanks to our guest from the Mustard Museum, Barry Levinson. Woo! Yeah. Woo! And thanks to our house band Donnie Scally. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Base, base, to be base, the first to base. know about his upcoming research in sound, embodiment, and combat sports, follow combat.musicology on Instagram and TikTok, and Oral Combat, that's A-U-R-A-L combat on Twitter. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lazebnik, and Julie Burns. Cubian, Edited by Vic Lowry. Good luck with this week, Vic. (laughs) Starburns production by Landromo. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Australia.
2: <laughs> Looks like uh, the land down under isn't going to be. Wow.
0: Yeah. You know, I thought you were very good trying to role play with Tony Anita Hall.
2: My accent was off, but yes, thank you for that. for that. She thought... really
0: got hung up on that. She needs work on being able to engage with people, especially, I think, in foreign countries. Couldn't we have started with Canada?
2: yeah we probably should have but you know yeah you know in for a penny in for a pound i say i say we send her someplace even more exotic and better this time <laughs> and hope that she learns something i might have to take out a second mortgage on my house but i think it's worth it for the podcast don't you
0: oh definitely i just sold a cat this morning and i don't mind <sighs> yeah. i don't mind giving yeah. up some things oh, so that we can oh keep hey the hey show going. no it's hey, it's no. it's not a problem it's not. It was the one that used to come curl up on my neck. Oh, yeah.
2: but you know yeah. what? If it's going to help Tony learn to go overseas and promote <laughs> our podcast, then it's worth it, right?
0: I think that's the most important thing. And one of the things I'm thinking about, and this might cost a little bit more money, is, you know, the Artemis rocket ship just landed recently. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, the next trip there, I'm going to send some women to the moon. Oh, and, so we just had uh,
2: Tony... That's what I'm thinking. That's exactly and then she what could, I'm thinking. You know, if she's locked in a, in a spacecraft with some women and she's wearing that sweatshirt, I mean, over exactly. the course of the several days journey to the moon, we're sure to pick up one or two listeners out of the crew, right?
0: Yeah. And then if there happens to be anybody living on the moon, she could be our our ambassador to the moon. And well, again, uh, I don't mind. I had some early edition Harry Potter books. And um, some early edition Charles Dickens books, and I just sold them. I, they're not important to me, and so I no, don't mind. No.
2: You know, I'm, the, the I'm sorry, op- Paula. I, I, I heard only a piece of that because, you know, this is my off week as far as eating is concerned so that we can afford <laughs> Tony's trips. Um, so I'm feeling oh. a little lightheaded. Yeah. Um, But it's worth yeah. it. It's worth it. It's yeah. just It's just yeah. everything went super fuzzy and dark there. But it sounded yeah. like you said something about first edition books.
0: Yeah, yeah. The reason that I haven't gone to a doctor about this gangrene on my leg is that I'm yeah, trying that's, that's to save nasty. money for the podcast.
2: Oh, same, same. You see this lump on my neck? I mean, yeah. that ain't right, right? That's That needs to be looked no. at, but I can't, I can't I, afford a doctor I right now.
0: I wouldn't worry about that. I think we got to put our priorities straight.
2: All right, and our priorities are getting Tony to locations so that she gets more comfortable promoting our show. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's well thought out. Well, also, just... For what it's worth, Bonnie really took the note about not being in our uh, table. <laughs> I'm not here. No, you're not here.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Bands Avenue, a,
1: podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.